Welcome to episode 22 of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly, and I am alone today. There's no producer Brian. Uh, Brian's on vacation. Actually, this is a re-recording of the beginning, and I think you'll see why as we go through. Um, we had some audio problems when we were recording the live podcast, so some of the interviews are going to come off very, very clear. Some of the interviews are going to come off um, like we're at a bar in Atlanta. Um, and it's getting late at night. So um, one of those things that had to be sacrificed was the beginning of the opening. And you missed a great one. I think I got really emotional. Um, I talked about relationships. We had a Mount Rushmore of Atlanta rappers. Uh, we talked about Mount Rushmore of uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I shared a story where I met someone from the Housewives that day. Um, but nonetheless, we're re-recording today and Brian's on vacation. So it's just me. Um, but this is kind of our IEX um, rap show. Um, it, we're talk- we, this was the recording that we did at the Barrel House at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Um, you're going to have special interviews with Cassidy Hoffman of 8451, J.C. Sebastian of P2, Roddy Knowles of Research Now SSI, and Trisha Houston of MMR. Um, and it was a, a great time. And thanks for everyone that came out. Um, with the scheduling was a little awkward. I, I get it. It was right between the Wire event, which seemingly everyone in the conference went to, and then the McKenzie uh, event at the same time that was up at the rooftop of the W. But still, a great turnout, um, real boisterous crowd, and everyone helped along the way. Um, as we dive in, I did want to kind of give uh, just initial thoughts on IEX. I'm sure like Brian and I were going to talk about this probably on the next podcast, really go deep dive into what was big and what was not. Um, there are some some big things that stood out to me. The first one is just uh, how great of a job that Kristen Luck and, and Greg Archibald did as hosting the event, um, as well as um, I got to say thank you to to Lenny Murphy. I mean, what Lenny has done for this conference and with the Green Book at Georgia Tech has been great. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit later on and what was like my kind of my rose of the conference as well. Um, but I, I got a chance to talk to him for five minutes in the hallway and just someone as happy and as enthused as he was about this conference and what it does for innovation in the industry. Um, it, it, that is like inspiration enough. Um, that is something that you'll see. Like if you were at the conference, you saw the boards that had inspiration. And I think if you look into the eyes of people that really put on this show and kind of saw like how happy people were, what kind of guidance they were giving you. And that kind of gave you innovation all as well. Um, so I, I guess I'll start kind of in old form. We do that. Uh, I kind of stole this from Real Housewives of New York, uh, but we do the Rose and Thorn. Um, and we did this at the live podcast too. Um, but I want to give my kind of Rose and Thorn on the conference. Um, I'll start with the thorn because that's probably the easiest thing. Um, and my thorn is really the buzzwords and that, you know, in the industry, in our industry, we, we grasp onto things and I make the joke a lot. Like it's like Lenny of uh, my said men where like we love smother things a lot. And one of those things is buzzwords. And really it got to the point where by the end it was joking that we should have buzzword bingo. Um, and give out prizes as we go through. So like, you know, blockchain and innovation, um, communication, um, continue. I mean, it was so many. We, we basically picked 10 words and we say them over and over again every single year. And um, again, the other part of that thorn is innovation. We've talked about this with the GRIT report in the past. Like, what does innovation mean? Do we really know what innovation means by based on the type of companies that we rank up there? And I really start to think like if I was at that conference and say I wasn't innovating as much and I wasn't up on the top, like how would I felt? Would I feel like I was beyond? Would I feel defeated? Would I feel like, okay, this is the kick in the pants I need to get going? And it made me start to think about in general what we're doing with conferences and what we're doing with certain groups. And that's that we um, we tend to surround ourselves with like minds. And when I think about this conference, MRMW, um, SampleCon, um, all types of conferences, we don't bring in the other side a lot and becomes a lot of nodding. And uh, I think a lot of the like minds together are, are nodding and agreeing with each other. And from that, I think maybe that slows our innovation path. And maybe that's what takes things from being like truly innovative and making them just, you know, lie on deaf ears and become buzzwords. Um, it's just something that I, I think that we need to be, you know, cognitive about and, and really think about um, and, and how we're approaching and certain things as far as buzzwords and how we're approaching innovation. Like, I think it would have been really helpful for at this conference to have somebody from the old guard. Like um, if you had a, a Burke talking about what they're doing and how maybe they're, they're over caring for sample and how they're managing their processes. If you had somebody from Nielsen talking about like how they're doing media testing, uh, you know, things that aren't necessarily cutting edge, but to the point they they become outliers and they become anomalies and in that way are their own and innovative. And even if we're not learning from them and not leading something 
new, we're at least getting a different perspective. And it's not a lot of all hands going forward. Maybe we could bring some people with us, not leave people in the wake. My rose of the conference um, was relationships. And uh, this kind of got me. And I got, when I gave this speech at the live podcast, I kind of got a little bit emotional because I started thinking about all the people that I met at the conference and how I came along the way. Um, you know, starting with uh, meeting Kristen Luck and talking to her and somebody that like since I've been in the industry 11 years and she's always been at such a high place in the inter- industry and somebody that you look forward to and to hearing speak. She's so engaging. And to think about how much of an impact somebody can have on your life for so long um, from a distance, you know, from um, from a, I don't know if I've ever I think we've shaken hands, maybe exchanged like hellos in the past, but really sat down and talk how much of an influence somebody can have on your life for being so distant, but also being just an influencer in the industry. Um, seeing Bailey Allen get the Jenny and Valentine uh, badge of courage was great. She was uh, one of the first clients that I had, really one of the first people that ever trusted me to do market research um, 11 years ago. Somebody that um, made me, one of the first people that made me feel smart. You know, like I, I, I thought that I could sell. I thought that I knew sample then. Um, I did not. Um, and she trusted me, believe me, I taught me along the way. And, and it's something that Lenny Murphy did as well. Somebody that um, really trusted me when I was young, probably didn't deserve it and really taught me a lot about the industry, taught me a lot about business and how to, how to act. Um, and it was, it was great to see them and to see Bailey get honored and then to see just how happy Lenny was and just how proud he was of the conference. Um, that kind of lifts you up. It makes you feel a certain way. And then there's other people I saw. Um, I saw um, some people from iTracks that I haven't seen in forever, like one of my first clients, um, seeing like old clients that I just don't keep in touch anymore. Like our, we just don't line up with resources anymore. Like, but still you have those relationships, you learn something from it and see it's all moving forward. And like, as much as the industry is evolving and the industry is innovating, we're all doing that personally. And I think that really caught me, um, as well as seeing new relationships as well. Um, you know, I, I felt like I, struck up a friendship at this conference with people like Roddy Knowles, who, you know, on the surface, if you look at it right on paper that I work for EMI, a market research sample supplier, Roddy works at Research Now, a sample supplier, and the competition levels, it doesn't make much sense for us to get along. Uh, but we really did. And I, I respect the guy's opinion so much. And I learned so much about him and what he's doing, really what his cares and what his passions are with the industry. Um, and it was a relationship that's brought and, and really one that, um, is rare and, and a little bit weird, um, but really nice as well. Um, and relationships like that with, you know, Ted Pulsifer and others that I, people I really look forward to seeing at conferences. And that was a really a rose for me. And I got that from my AX. And I think a lot of that is the culture of the conference and that you're there to learn new things. And we're all kind of, you know, what's going on? What can we get from this? We, you know, let's all move forward and grow. And it's such a positive atmosphere and culture that the relationships really shine through and, and get a little better. Um, other than that, those are my rose and thorn. Uh, I would talk a little bit about some of the stuff. I think me and Brian will talk more about some of the uh, particular tracks on a later date, like what are the tracks we enjoyed, what are some of the tracks that kind of hit on a flat note for us. But I um, wanted to dive into some of the interviews that we have coming up. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, again, apologize for some of the audio on some of these. Um, we've tried to clean as much as possible. Producer Brian was been working for the last 48 hours on trying to clean up some of these tracks that we had. Um, but I think you'll really enjoy them. And um, we look forward to a later date and a later podcast diving more into particular tracks and, and really what we hope to grasp from IAX. With that, let's dive into our interviews. Joining us now from 8451 is Cassie Hoffman. Cassie, how are you? Hi, good. How are y'all? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. And you said y'all. So I, nice. I love that you said I'm, y'all. I'm here. I'm home. Go dogs! <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. realize we're recording the podcast between the edges. <laughs> no, you know where we are right now. We're um, we're in jacket country. Is that what you call we're, it? Jacket I country? don't know what they call it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my god! And we're off the rails. Cassie, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have a lot to talk about. Like for being a new researcher, you're jumping into like. Yeah, this is the deepest, most dangerous end at the other end of this mic, I'm sure, yeah. Let's talk to you about, like, you went through the UA program. I did, yeah. You get a job in research. Um, What has that been like? Like, is it what you expected with your expectations? And, like, where are you now thinking about it? Gosh, um, I had, like, really no expectations going into this program, except knowing that I was going to get a job. Um, this is, this is still, 100% still 100% placement. placement. Yeah. 
Um, so the Masters in Marketing Research at UGA is like the oldest marketing research program in the world. It's like got the strongest reputation. I think like the Grit Report says that it was um, recognized like three times more frequently or like recalled three times more frequently than any other program um, for marketing research. Uh, probably because we roll around the conference wearing our buttons and our backpacks and, you know. But, yeah, so... Is there a class in your UGA Marketing Research Program that strictly talks about how great it is to be in a Research Program? Well... Yeah, <laughs> office. Like, there's, a, there's a university of people that are in our, in our office that graduated from that I swear, like, the final, like, the capstone course is, here's why it's great to do like, graduated from this place. People are so passionate about it. But in actuality, you're passionate about it because of your, like, the success that you had because of it is, like, learning. No, yeah, I agree. And the Kool-Aid they give us is really good, too. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> No, it, it's a great program. You learn a lot. You get a lot of real um, industry experience. We work with corporate projects and work with like real sample on some of our projects. Um, we did qualitative research, quantitative research, um, how to use SPSS and SAS and all sorts of different things that have been really, really useful. Did you have a lot of options when you graduated? As far as um, interviewing for jobs? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tons of companies interview from the program. 
and a one mile drive would be anywhere between like two minutes and maybe five minutes, like depending on the time of day. So I love that I don't have to drive in Cincinnati to get to work. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's not true for a lot of people, I guess. No, I walk. Yeah, I, I like to walk because, you know, I have, I have to keep up with all the skyline and get up.
collecting all this data and they're using it. Um, their partners, the ones who make K cups, are using it. So I thought that was just like the friggin' coolest. Like, yeah. I do wonder, something like that, does the type of person who signs up for that, do they have to be like a super loyalist to want to do something like that? Which is like, 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 with this, what they're doing? I, I don't know. Well, I, mean, I don't think people know what they're signing up for. Free current, right? Yeah. Oh, sure, I'll give them anything if I need the free current. Because I mean, the current can be expensive, especially a connected current that no one else has. Yeah. Like, yeah. On the block. I, that's what I think. And then, you know, it gets into the whole privacy and what data we're Free. I would probably do about anything for a free current. You, know? you would do anything for a free current? Anything. Give me any problem. Set it right here, fam. So sad. Anything so for sad. a free current. Yeah. I would do mind. anything for a free current. <laughs> 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 That's good. One piece of lot of coffee. Uh, let's get more fun. Let's yeah. stop talking about research for a while. Okay. Uh, you want to do about Russia real quick? The top four thing. The top four thing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's someone new to Cincinnati. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. 
you know, driving down too early. I don't think go there. That's not right. No, live a lot, right, guys? Take all of Washington Park. I should really do that. I need to do a sport. I'm just a gym rat. Really I'm just a gym rat. Room ball from the square. Room ball? I don't even know what that is. It's like hockey with a broom. Yeah, it's like hockey with a broom. They do it on the rink down in Bell Square. It's different. Yeah. I like brewing. is JC Sebastian from P2 Sample. JC, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Brian. How are you doing? Doing great. We're sitting here in a bar um, at IIEX. Um, have you been to IIEX before? I have. Actually, this is probably my fifth conference, my fifth IIEX, and I always enjoy this conference. It's practically the highlight of the conference season, at least for me, right here in my hometown of Atlanta. Yes, yes, I love this conference. Um so what, what is your thoughts on the past two days or so? We're kind of in the middle of the conference. So I'd love to hear kind of what you liked about it. Any, any speakers that you enjoyed? Any connections you've made? It has been awesome. I mean, every year you see a bunch of new faces, new companies coming out. They're offering a lot of technological solutions to market research problems. And I've really enjoyed meeting and talking with a lot of these uh, new folks. Right. I've also enjoyed talking to a lot of folks who I've known, you know, in the past. Um, one of the sessions that I, I really enjoyed today was a was a workshop by um, Ted, Ted McConnell of um, Lucid. It was a really, really great workshop, and we talked a lot about data quality, which um, is right, right at the top in terms of people samples initiative. You know, we believe in giving the highest quality data to our respondents, and so. Having, having to, to listen to that workshop with, with Ted and discuss something like data quality, he's obviously very knowledgeable as to what, you know, quality data looks like. And, you know, and so that's one of the sessions that so far has stuck out in my mind. Yes, so you led a session, that's right. You led a track, right? Yeah, I, I actually led a couple of workshops um, today. And yesterday I, I led, uh, I think it was like five presentations, presentations in track two. And we had we had some awesome speakers there um, yesterday as well. You know, you at IAEX you find whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter sometimes which day it is, as long as you're able to carve out a good portion of your time and really manage your time around meetings and around sessions. You can typically find really exciting and and sessions here. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I was in the data quality session, the workshop that you mentioned, and I, that room was so different to me because you had four tracks, primary tracks going on, and they were all pretty similar. You know, just a you know, normal conference room, speakers, people kind of entering. And then you go in this fifth room where you were leading a track. I felt like there was a whole different world in there. It was almost chaos in a good way. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, and it was, it was a smaller room too. So... 
you know, it felt very intimate, but at, at the same time, the, the, the information that was being passed and it was discussed was, again, was of the highest quality. And, and, and again, with someone like Ted leading that, leading that track, I mean, he passed a lot of good information on and, you know, really challenged us that, that you know, sometimes very fine, you know, targeted lists versus doing, you know, gen pop studies. You know, you can use the gen pop studies to verify some lists that you, you might have bought that you think might be working well. But you may find out that it's actually best to do some gen pop studies, depending on what you're doing. That you may get better bang out of your buck for doing gen pop studies. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, that was a technique I hadn't heard of, but I think they're beta testing it, so it's not really out for the public. So that's an interesting product that you'll see in the future. Um, anything else about IEX? Does anything else memorable stand out to you? Yeah, cer- certainly. It's like, you know, every time you're, you're, you're here, and for instance, I, I had a conversation um, with, with one, one firm, a firm by the name of Stance. I haven't seen them before, but but from what they appear to be happening, they could be a company that is, that is on the come. And of course, my, my friends, as well as Zappy Store, that did, um, did a complete rebranding. You, you know, they're always here, they always show up big, and it was great talking to the team and, and looking at the, the new rebranding that they have done. Okay, well, let's stop with the conference talk. Let's get to know JC a little bit. You mentioned you're from Atlanta. So this is your hometown, and you were—I feel like you were passionate about being from Atlanta. You spoke about it when you were talking. You, you welcomed people to your city. Um, would you say you're a big Atlanta fan? You love the city. I actually love the city. I—I I, I actually live in a city a little bit outside of Atlanta, but we—we we, we who live in the Atlanta metro area, you know, claim Atlanta as our as our hometown. But my actually my actually home city is the city of the newly formed. City of South Fulton, which in itself is a, a is an interesting story. It's one it's one year old, and we we formed that city after about trying for about ten years because we really wanted to dictate our, our own future. Hold on, hold on. You founded a city. You created a city. Uh, literally, literally, yes. Um, and we we kind of into the, the part where we could talk about something interesting about me. That's that's probably part of what um, most people, especially in our field. Um, don't know how um, active I am in my in my community, and yes, we we I was one of the drivers behind founding um, the new city of South Fulton. That's about a hundred thousand people. Well, I'm impressed, and I want to know more. Unfortunately, we've got a we've got a line of people here, JC. I think I'll, let's bring you back on the podcast. We'll focus on the city because I'm intrigued. I'm also into kind of what you're talking about. It's one of my passions as well. So it's it's really fascinating to me. Um, other than that. What do you like about Atlanta? If, if, you're, if people are going to visit Atlanta, what would you tell them to do if you're a tourist? You know, there's, there's, with Atlanta, I always say that you can get um, parts of New York City here. Right? I lived in New York City for 10 years too, but you can also get uh, a, a nice, quiet suburban area in, in the suburb of, of Atlanta where you can live. And if, if your thing is to even live on a farm, you can live 20 minutes away and live on a farm. That's what's great about the um, the Atlanta metro area, but you know what? There are great things here. Um, we have the, the world of Coca Cola. We have a great aquarium here. If if you visit here and haven't at least been to those two things, um, you you should give them give, give them a visit. Uh, we also have the, the brand new Mercedes Benz Stadium, right where where the Falcons play. And 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 even though I'm a I'm a New York Giants fan. The Falcons is, 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 is probably second on my heart. So, but in the but in in that stadium, it, it's it's something to behold. It's one of the newest stadiums in the NFL. Awesome! That's I, I look at my hotel window, and that thing is, it reminds me of um, New Orleans, where the dome just stands out in the city. This is just a it, it looks amazing. It just totally changes the skyline. Yes, it, it, it does, and, and I, I think they say it, it, it's twice the size of, of the previous um, the previous dome that, that yeah. was there, the previous stadium that, that was there. But it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it whenever you you're even driving uh, you know driving yeah. around the area, right? But on the inside, it, it is something to behold. Well, well, awesome! I, I really appreciate you coming on. It's really nice getting to know you. We'll bring you back on because I really want to know more about your passion. And uh, thank you for coming on, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye. Joining us now from Research Now, 
SSI. Slash SSI, sorry. I, I lose track. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's Roddy Knowles. Roddy, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. It's great. Thanks for coming on. I was worried. Things, you know, when you're going against an organization of women and one of the top two management consulting firms in the world, it's hard to get a crowd, man. Yes. Thank you so much. And a Braves game. In a Braves game, yeah, I mean, come on. People love baseball. Such a great sports town. It is such a great sports town. You grew up here, really? Yeah, and like the Braves first got good one night. Somewhere around there, like in a neighborhood sports town. Yeah. And like everyone rallied behind the Braves. I grew up watching the Hawks be terrible, make it to the playoffs, lose the Pistons every year, you know, the Falcons never win, the Braves are terrible. So now it's a good sports town, but. Stuff. Well, let's jump in. Let's jump into a Mount Rushmore. Do you want to do a Mount Rushmore right now? <laughs> yeah, let's do a Mount Rushmore. Love it. Top four Atlanta athletes all time. Easy. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Wilkins. Yeah. I'm gonna go Dale Murphy. Oh, good job. I am going to then. I'm gonna go Deion Sanders. Good. Oh. And then. Yeah. I have to go Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's that's early. I'm confident about the first three. Sure. I think that was good. What do you think? Trash. Brian, what's your uh, what's your top four Atlanta athletes? Let's see. Forgot Brett Favre. Oh, that's horrible. No, no. No. Um. Well, does Herschel Walker count? No, but we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. What do you got? I got uh. Evander Holyfield? Oh, that's a good one. I'll give that one. <laughs> Hank Aaron? Oh, man, that, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll stick with Dominique for sure. And then um, I'm going to go Arn Anderson. Who? <laughs> exactly. Arn Anderson, he's a, he is a wrestler. Um, he was part of the Four Horsemen. He was best friends with Ric Flair. And uh, mainly just like the WCW, TNT sports stuff. Gordon Soli is from Atlanta, I think. Who? Gordon Soli. You should know that. Who's Gordon Soli? He, he um, announced wrestling in the South in Atlanta in the oh. late 70s and all through the 80s. Before your time. True, true or false, I looked up to see where Dusty Rhodes was from. I thought he was from Atlanta. I really did. It's not. Uh, like Mobile. A lot of people from Mobile. The seedy town. Oh yeah. Sure. It got popular. Yeah. So you're here at the conference. You spoke at the conference. Yeah. Let's talk about wrestling the whole time. I'm in. Uh, you spoke at the conference. I did. I uh, no, you should have. Really. He, he got a main stage. Now, well, let's go there. Like, would people react the same to wrestling as they did blockchain? <laughs> they would probably Block- react more positively <laughs> to wrestling than they would about blockchain. Blockchain technology. If I say wrestling, you have an image in your head. Right. Say blockchain, you don't have an image in their head. Not a, yeah, not a lot of people know that there was a, a guy in WCW in the mid '80s named Blockchain. <laughs> no, that'd be great, right? That's a good one. Thank you. Blockchain. And he he like. I think that's a good idea. But anyway, talk to me. Uh, did you go to any, did any, what inspired you from the conference? Like, what are you taking back and thinking, like, he doesn't have to be like a specific speaker, specific track, like, what got you thinking? I think all the different ways in which people are working with data. I'm yeah. Think about non-survey data. I've been a big proponent of non-survey data as a survey researcher. Uh, non-survey data for a, a long time. Sure. Passive data, it's normal behavioral data, it's, you know, it's, it's data we're getting from other sources, you know, CRM, transactional. Right. Data. Now that we have all these objectives, how do we bring them together? Like, you know, 
going beyond that paradigm of you know merging data to quant quality. Right. Quant quality better. Well, now it's okay. It's big data. It's my Yeah. You know, big data and like bringing different types of data together and not talking about it, but actually doing it. This was some pretty cool stuff at the conference. So that's in addition to like we see some practical stuff too I think it's good I like to see the inspirational stuff yeah I like to see like the practical takeaways as well there's some stuff there yeah, I uh, there were a couple of things that stuck with me, and and maybe things like were my int- stuck. That's not a word, right? Sure, stuck. A couple of things that stuck with me. Uh, one was I think just my interpretation of things. So I think you were in the room today, the big panel, thirty people on stage, people stacked up like on shoulders, and I think my. I won't get into like if I agreed or disagreed with anybody today, but like it made me start to think, which I think is sometimes the biggest part, right? It's not so much like that person said something and now I'm going to go do it, or that person said something and they're they're trash. Right. I agree. Brian, anything? Um, I'm curious about GDPR. So I I don't know if I've told my GDPR story. Um, on the podcast. But should you? I, I don't know if I should. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so... We're it's a joke. We don't, we're not big, like, research analysis. I, I think you should, by the way, I think the name should be Kenneth Lab. <laughs> but I would... I'm sure you still have a trade. I think you still have it, hopefully. Oh, well. Um, I'm our data production officer at NMI. And so, I had all of our partners sign on a legal agreement saying that we need to compliance. They all signed it. I don't know if you It's a big conversation for uh, for everybody in the industry, but you know, one that I try to steer clear of, especially when I'm on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. There's a lot of talk about it. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. You have enough to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost thinking we share too much of our GDPR. We just I, looked up some stuff. I, I think you probably did, but you know, that's that's not on me. Yeah. It was all yeah. a joke. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. a joke. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, we just doubled in size for Charleston people. <laughs> we, that, that is true, we did. Actually, we might have gone up like 60%. Ted's bigger than I am. Yeah. What is, speaking of Charleston, when was the last time you ran into someone from Southern Charm? Um, probably, I don't know, a few months back. I don't watch that show. I don't know those people. It is a small town, but we've got mutual friends and, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, so yeah, I ran into one of the dudes. I don't know what his name is. Like, I try to steer clear of that stuff. When I meet people, I'm like, oh, I've lived in Charleston. I'm like, oh, I love Charleston, Southern Charm, and I immediately sort of switch off. Yeah, it's not, you start to judge people and yeah, ask questions. Like, yeah, it's not exactly totally. Yeah, it's a foolish show. Yeah, I don't ever watch it. Yeah, it's not representative of like our city or whatever. I'm sure they show some pretty houses and all that stuff, and then a bunch of I'll leave the experts out of the podcast, but you know, people doing nonsense and yeah. It's not, it's not my bag. I've never watched yeah. it before. But in, in all seriousness, like, we do see those people around town. And, or, yeah. or, it's my favorite show on TV. One or the other. It, it may be. Summer yeah. I yeah. love that show. I don't know why. It's my do you actually watch it? It's like, yeah, the okay. most guilty pleasure for me. Okay. It could be, so I'm going, we're going to Charleston area at least Friday. I'm going to Seabrook Island, Kiwa. Nice. Yeah. And my wife is planning a day in in town to try to like find me. She's insane. I'm not. I can probably help you with that, so you can call me off air. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, oh, notes. Oh, we just got a note saying that oh, the Charleston Insights Association meeting has been changed from 5:30 to 5:45 on Tuesday. Okay, that's good. Something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so talk to me. Uh, Last week was Insight Association Southeast, right? Two weeks ago? It was two weeks ago, I think. It was recently, but not last week. What is your involvement with that? 
so I'm on the I'm on the board there. I'm, I might forget what my title is, chair education committee, something like that. Sure. Essentially, you know, working, trying to curate the content for our events and webinars and stuff like that. And you know, my goal really is just like, like it's in my title, like chair of the education committee, is to educate people. You know, right. it's like you know. With an association like that, it's especially a regional one. You know, it's really I think it's important to you know to provide a network, a network for our members and also to educate them. So it's not about people coming up and giving sales pitches. It's about like giving people actually practical takeaways for things. And probably the hardest thing about a conference, right? It is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of times like you go to a conference like you get a, like I saw a presentation yesterday, which is like on, on design and reporting. I could take stuff away from that, like immediately apply it to my job. Right. Super cool. We try to have stuff like that at, at our event. Also want to have some stuff about innovation and sort of where the industry is going because all these regional events are attended by different people who don't go to IEX's, you know, these, these big events too. Sometimes it's like, you know, the only event that they go to. So trying to like, it was a challenge trying to balance those two things, but I feel like we did a pretty good job. Like that's that's my goal. Try to, those are my two motivations. So hopefully everyone else agrees. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm also on a planning committee for a, for a it's an AMA. A Cincinnati AMA event, and it is a lot of work. It's amazing how much work goes in planning, like a one or two day conference. It's amazing. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. You know, for sure. Like you know, doing some logistics and stuff, and you know, Trisha uh, is, is you know on the board with me, helps out with a lot of that stuff, and you know, it, it takes a it takes a small village to put that stuff on, but it's really rewarding when it comes together and comes together in a, in a good way, and it's nice too. I mean, those events are smaller. And like you actually, you can meet everyone, like legit everyone at the event. That's pretty cool. It's like, what did I? How many people did I meet here? You know, I mean, a fair amount, but a small percentage. So, Adam, I think I bet Robbie has a good rant. If we push him, he seems like a like a real ranty type guy. I'll take I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, maybe. it is. Yeah. On this podcast, yeah. I got I got I got lots of rants. Which one do you want? Which one do you want me to take? Um, I think my rant is, is like I tried to hint at it in, in my presentation. It's the whole buzzword shit that we do as an industry. It's like we, we we hone in on one thing. You know, it was mobile for a while. That lasted a while. Everyone was talking about mobile problems with you know challenged by mobile. What we need to do. It sort of disappeared. We never actually did anything about it. We did a little bit, but you know, it, it just sort of disappeared. So the buzzwords that we use and feel like we have to use. I mean, you know, it was automation. People who are just like coming up with like thinking automation is cool this year, like don't know where they've been in the last two years, but there are definitely some of them saw some today. Um, but you know, it could be it's it's you know it's AI right now, for example. It's like your blockchain, you know, as, as you mentioned. If like if I want to you know have a research company and like just get people to come to my booth, I'm gonna just put AI, you know, on on the booth or blockchain on the booth, and like people will be streaming in for that, you know, for that. So I think a lot of people are. You know, they hone in on these buzzwords whether they actually know what they mean or actually applying them to their business. You know, I think maybe some some of it is well-intentioned. I'm not saying it's all malintentioned, but you know, our proclivity to come up with or you know latch on to these buzzwords and then drive them into the bloody ground and then to what end? Yeah, that's it. I'll stop. No, yeah, that's a good rant. Yeah. No, I 100 agree. Uh, I've been on the podcast before talking about how. I think in the industry we're really bad at, well, I said in the past we're bad at business, but now I'm going to step back and say we're bad at selling, like as an industry, in that we grab what we think to be a problem and we smother that, like, yeah. like lame, nice and then type stuff. Yeah. We love it so much and we're going to talk about it like crazy. And it's not even necessarily always a problem, it's just what everyone else is doing too. Yeah. We are an industry, I mean a lot of industry, are an industry of copycats in some too and it's like oh well that company's doing that thing so we have to do it too and talk about it too otherwise we're left behind whether it's really relevant or not is sometimes irrelevant yeah brian what's your thought on the rant i love the rant i completely agree i think blockchain is here to stay both the topic and the wrestler hopefully oh god i love the rant i can't uh that's like number two goal for me number one is to change our twitter name for the podcast. It's in Telecast 1 right now. Drive yeah, I know. I, I was your either fourth or sixth follower today. Yeah! So, that's cool. Yeah. I found out that. the Weather Channel bought in Telecast like five years ago as their like Twitter handle, and they don't even tweet I've ne- never heard of them. You should just infringe on that. I don't... never heard of them. Who yeah. works? Aren't they, are they an Atlanta company? They I think are. they're headquartered here. Yeah, they're here. Yeah. Alright, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then number two is... Blockchain, make blockchain We really do need to work on this. I'm sort of serious. I have these images in my head. We need to, we need to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. We could be like so. a, 
blockchain could be like a mascot for uh, the new the new, the new name well, I, I have this. Whole, I, so I have this whole concept now. In just the last thirty seconds, formulated in my head, I want these buzzword wrestlers, right? You know, like blockchain can blockchain can be one of them. And big like, data. Yeah, big data. Big and like, data. Like, like, you don't mess with big data. Like, yeah. Mess with big, big data yeah. is like one of those old, like, big, like real muscle guys. Like. Yeah, like he's got whatever time. those you know those unisuit things yeah, are, are, are called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ronnie, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah happy, happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having you guys. Uh, you got to promote something. Number yeah, one, promote, you have to promote your Twitter because I think it's a top ten. It's a top ten market research Twitter. First of all, uh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I don't have much else to promote. Yeah, it's at Ronnie Knowles on, on Twitter. I, I have a lot of nonsense. So um, yeah, I got no other conference stuff coming up. So I have nothing else to promote. So I'll, I'll promote that and then I'll leave you guys be. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Ronnie. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Um, welcome back to the podcast. We have Trisha Eastie joining us. Trisha works at NMR, and uh, I'm excited to have you. Um, Trisha, introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining the podcast today and listening in. So excited to share my story. So I'm Trisha Houston. Um, I've been in the marketing and insights for six years at this point. So I've worn a lot of hats. Um, well, before we get to that, plenty of time to talk about that. Something coming going in R, right? Right. So, tell us about the R. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. We're sitting here on the campus of Georgia Tech, which is where I did my undergraduate work, and I actually went to my father, who is a Georgia Tech grad. Yeah, yeah. like, hey, Dad. Um, School, the UGA, you're in state rivalry, and you also went to school. And he basically said no. I was like, Dad, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm 26, you can't really do that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And by the way, I got a scholarship, so so that worked out. But trust me, that was one of the best decisions I think I've made in my career. The alumni network there has been outstanding, which you are obviously are a part of Brian. So I mean, it's been transformative. So so grateful for that. That's awesome. So now we'll go back to MR Live. I'm glad you, you Bulldogs got here, got it out of the way. You have to get my question out first. So, so tell me, this is new, this MR, MMR Live. Tell us, what, it, what does it encompass? Like, how does it talk about the respondent, get the kind of the respondent experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why, like, when I left here, I started my career. Sports marketing, sure. um, anything around the Olympics, yeah. NASCAR. So we did the Olympic torch relay for Coke. Oh boy, yeah. So that's probably they should make. They still do it. They're now part of the boss media. But um, so coming from that world, I was very used to taking all the burden, if you will, on the back of us. Because we had to make complete frictionless experiences when we get to basically take our trash keys. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right? So if you think about same way, that's what MMR Live is going to do in terms of taking that function away from the survey experience, embedding it in the right time and mindset for the respondents, and also okay. capturing the data in a more human way. So a focus on emotion, a focus on opinion, so that the respondent really feels like they're being heard. We've talked about that a lot, like in the sample world, like how does someone get to a study a lot of times? So, you know, if you get... If, it takes a special person to first of all join a panel. Let's be honest, and then to sit down at the computer. You open up an email, you click a link, and you're ready to take a survey. At the same time, it's another totally different type of person. I'm going to sell both sides here. To like go to a survey wall or get intercepted while they're doing something else, or or want to get more points while they're playing a game or something, and then decide to take a survey and take more than one, and to give honest opinions and really care. So this is. I, we've been talking about it. I feel like at the conference today it was a lot about engagement talk. This is a whole different thing, though. It's really the experience and how someone organically taking surveys, right? Organically, not even taking surveys, organically tell, talking about how they feel. It's a whole different ballgame, right? Absolutely. The whole point is really about thinking about that end-to-end experience for that respondent, which us as researchers, we tend to focus on that one part of the process that we're focused on. So whether that's on the sample side, Service side of the writing survey, but what is that end to end experience and how can we make that better? 
is the, the the face, right? It's a little green face. Yeah. Absolutely. I just tested morphine. It's a research and research. Um, Brian Sullivan, have you worked with him at all? Yes. Yeah. I've partnered with him. We're hopefully the pumpkin something, so I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, absolutely. We've been working with him as well, so we should we should we should coordinate our publishing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've been using it with the, those guys, and it's been great. And especially, we're going to be doing some work with UGA come to speak. So we're going to do a student project with them to validate kind of best practices around in the moment capture with morphine. Because obviously, there's going to be some bias if somebody's handing you a phone and saying, "How do you feel?" Right. So how do we calibrate that? Right. And so that's what we hope the students can help us validate and get an approach for. You have children as well, right? I do. It is a fair statement, but I do like it that way. So um, I do wear a lot of hats and I enjoy it. I, I love what I do. I do have a five year old close to start kindergarten and an almost two year old girl. So it's a little bit busy in our household. I'm overwhelmed just thinking about all the stuff she does. It's too much. <laughs> It's like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker movie. How did she do it? Right? I couldn't imagine, like, you roll out a new product and then have young kids at the same time. Like, maybe that's why, like, you know, innovation, we always see it from, like, you would think of, like, the young millennials and stuff. It's because they have nothing to do. <laughs> it really is. It's like, you get out of school, and you're like, oh, they're so smart. They just get out of school. That's why they're innovating. So, no, they got nothing going on. Yeah, well, no, let me tell you. The key to all this happening is I have a stay-at-home dad. Dang. So, Jordan Houston, you were the hero, and then this entire story, you're not done. I think it's great. I will, maybe, um, I'm sure he's making, like, research conference rounds, like, talk to Gladwell. Like, let's do something, like, give me the age of innovation and why there, is there any correlation between 10,000 hours with your kids versus right. that. Right. It's got to be something there. Anything else you want to promote? Any Twitter handle, company website, anything? Thank you so much for coming on, Trisha. We appreciate it. Thank you for kind of hosting us. I feel like I'm, we've had two people from Atlanta on the podcast today. And I'm starting to feel like I get it a little bit. So were they Atlanta natives? No, but who is? Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, so uh, yeah, I've lived here my whole life all around Atlanta. But yes, we are a rare breed. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much, Trisha, for coming on. Oh, the Go Dogs. There you are again. Oh, my. Uh, thank you again for coming on, Trisha. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us on our live podcast in Atlanta, Dragon X. Brian was my favorite part of my podcast in the end. My favorite. I love talking to Cassie Dahlman about Cincinnati. It was cool to, you know what? The biggest, the biggest thing to me is like, there's a connection there, too. Like, Trisha Houston, she's so accomplished. Oh, yeah. so smart. Like, right. That engagement of customers, like, that is, like, funny edge. Like, that is, yeah. that is group report, innovative company type stuff. Yeah. And she's still in a passion. And then you talk to somebody who's just being in the industry. Yeah. And, like, Cassidy has so much passion about what she's doing. It's not just passion for April 51 and what she's doing research there. And Georgia, but, like, it's Cincinnati, like, in life. You start to realize, like, this industry really is, like, a passion industry. Absolutely. I love that we're getting talented and smart people like that. Everybody on the podcast tonight. Um, and being at the conference is great because you see so many. I mean, we're so fortunate to have a lot of people in our industry like, like that are here. I agree. Uh, so thank you so much for everyone that came out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow me on Twitter, Adam Jolly. Follow EMI on Twitter, EMI underscore research. Follow IntelliCast on Twitter now. IntelliCast1, all in word. And with that, Brian, anything you want to add? No, I'm headed home tomorrow. Uh, ready to get home. I've been gone a week. Let's get the hell out of Atlanta. See you guys in Cincinnati. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.